Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Stoop Live here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, as always, Jonathan Raggis, and next to me, my sidekick, my co-host, my confidant, my friend, pretty cool guy, man, the shark, Jeff Perini. What's going on, brother? Good evening, everybody. Pretty cool guy. I like that. I'll take that. Thank you very much. Another uh, Mega Monday. Here we are. Should be another big show. Monday, Monday, Monday. It's what we look forward to. We didn't get, uh, you know, the last two Thursdays, and unfortunately, because of me, yes, I'll take the blame for that. It is my fault. But we'll be back this upcoming Thursday with a really cool guest. Can't wait to announce that, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But tonight, and this is who we're here for, is the wonderful, the beautifully talented Sagan Amory of Caveat will be joining us at the 8 o'clock hour to talk a little bit about the band, their you know their current and future projects, some live events, uh, and then we're also going to listen to two of their singles, one titled Opie and the other one titled uh, Bloodline. So we're really looking forward to speaking with uh, Sagan Amory at around the 8 p.m. hour. Um, we also have to thank last Monday's guest, Lilith from Lilith and a Night Cold, all the way in from England. It was an absolute great show. We can't wait to have Lilith on with us again. And that's probably going to be real soon. Um, have been in talks with Lilith about a few things. Uh, we're real excited about it here, Jeff. I know you are. So, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be some good music times here in the stoop, brother. Very excited. Got some big artists. Like I said, she was fantastic last week, and her band's great. The music's great. Uh, tonight's guest should leave us nothing short of that. And uh, ramp, man. Beautiful women singing great music, uh, rocking out. So we like here yeah. on the stoop. That's uh, right up our alley. Yep, and like we said before, we love the female-fronted metal and rock bands because it's such a different flavor. It's such a different edge. And as we spoke about it last week, you know, you got Hailstorm, you got the Pretty Reckless. There are so many coming up and coming out, and it's just a whole new genre. And the great thing about it, Jeff, is that when you look at the concerts, uh, when you look at the followers on Twitter, on Facebook, the guys are into it, man. It's not like it was years ago. You know, years ago... You know, you looked at, you know, metal in a hole, and all you really had at that point, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, because I, did, I, I, I do like her, and I still like her today, was Lita Ford. And guys were like, yeah, you know what, she's hot, she's pretty, you know, but they never said anything about her music. It was always about her looks. But Lita Ford was a damn good musician and still is today. So it's nice to see that the male metal population is comfortable enough to start saying, man, the music by these female front of metal bands are absolutely phenomenal, man. I can't help but agree. Um, I did, you know, we all do it, guys. We all do it. We look at the singers like, oh, yeah, she's pretty hot. Uh, let's hear what she's got. And then when you listen, like last week with Lilith and her stuff blew us away. And um, again with Sagan, listen to a little bit of her stuff. It's, it's blowing me away. They're, they're taking over, man. They, they've got the voice. They're not afraid to let it out. They look the role. They play the role. So it's exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. And Sagan Amory of Caveat will be joining us in just a little bit. Um, sad news, unfortunately. Um, still can't believe it, in shock over it. The legendary Prince passed away just a few days ago at the age of 57 years, years old, found, uh, you know, unfortunately dead in his residence in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, man, dude, Prince, like we're talking about all these unfortunate and tragic deaths throughout 2016 pretty much started with Lemmy Kilmeister passing away right at the end of 2015, man. That was like the start of it all, man, where all of a sudden all these big names, man, in music, in movies, in television, 
just started dropping dead, man. And now it's Prince. To me, and I said this on Facebook, I said this on many different avenues, Prince is up there with Elvis. Prince is up there with Michael Jackson. Prince is up there with Freddie Mercury. Prince is legendary. One of the best musicians that ever lived. And luckily for us, Jeff, we got to grow up on Prince. And now he's gone at 57 years old, man. What did you think about this news when it broke just a couple of days ago? Very sad. Um, again, like we said on the show, a piece of childhood uh, dies with it. Um, I immediately went to this because a lot of people started saying, oh, it's kind of like Michael Jackson. Uh, no, it's really not because uh, you know, Michael kind of started to fade away. He kind of lost touch with him. Prince was a guy who always kept making the comeback, and uh, he was so much bigger than Michael Jackson. He was just a, a musician, uh, but he played all these instruments. He was so talented, and Prince was just always one of them guys you kind of felt was going to live forever. You know, he was so yeah. cool, um, calm, quiet. We talked about our top guitar players a few weeks back, and at the end I mentioned him. I said, you know, if the list could go top ten, Prince is in there. Just an amazing talent, a huge loss. A lot of people were real, and still days later, people were posting print stuff everywhere. So um, it, it is a huge loss for the entertainment business, and uh, very sad. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can tell when somebody is so amazingly legendary and that their music means so much to people, when they're being honored in so many facets of life, man. You look at it, he's being... He's being recognized and honored uh, on the sports scene, on TV, in print ads. Uh, you know, you name it. The president has said something about him. Uh, you know, you're, we're seeing all these covers and tributes by by Bruce Springsteen, Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Uh, you, you know, pretty much anybody who plays music today loved Prince. And so did we. You loved Prince. I loved Prince. We grew up on Prince. Uh, you know, like you said, this is a guy you never thought would be gone. And unfortunately, um, we've had so many of them over the last few months. You look at it, Lemmy, never thought Lemmy would die. I thought Lemmy would live to be probably 347 years old. I thought my great, great, great grandchildren would be listening to uh, Motorhead. David Bowie, (laughs) another shocker, man. Who thought, I, I mean, I never thought a David Bowie would die. Um, you look at, you know, unfortunately, Scott Weiland, Scott Weiland passing away. You look at Natalie Cole, you look like, you know, Alan Rickman dying, you know, it's, it's just always slaps you in the face when it happens. And then Glenn Frey from the Eagles, uh, excuse me, Glenn Frey from the Eagles, uh, you know, Dale Griffin from Mata Hopple. I mean, so many people have died, man. And we've been talking about this nonstop on the show pretty much, uh, recently, um, you know, it seems almost every show I'm going through all the rundowns and it seems almost every show we've either, um, you know, have been sending our condolences and prayers out to, uh, you know, people that have passed away or it's, it's just, you know, something we have to talk about because it's so damn shocking. And this is, you know, this goes up there to me with David Bowie. Um, you know, David Bowie is, is up there with Prince, you know, they're together, two legendary acts, uh, two two of the greatest musicians um, that ever lived, and luckily for us, Jeff, we got to be around for it, man. Yeah, I got to see Prince um, last time he was in Philadelphia, quite a few years back. Uh, Prince and uh, Morris Day in the Time and Jimping Act, and it it brought me back for starters to a uh, a great time in my high school days. But uh, it was such a great show, and and he was so entertaining, and it wasn't about 
pyrotechnics and explosions and guys running all over the stage is about this guy playing these these songs that we all loved and just owning the stage. And everybody was, anybody that was in the music, some way, shape, or form, liked something of Prince. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, Prince is, is, is going to be a legend today. He was a legend yesterday, and he's going to be a legend tomorrow. Um, you know, my children growing up, they'll know about Prince, and they'll say, hey, in their 20s and 30s, hey, you know what? My dad always talked about this guy Prince, and, you know, let's listen to some of his music, man. His music is going to live on. That's that's the good thing about it, is that Prince's music is going to live on. And also, if, you know, something that irks me, too, is that um, it, it seems that his music is being recognized again only because of his passing, um, which is yeah. great in one way, but crappy in another way. Because this is a guy that he's been there, and it's and, and it's easy to forget people um, when they're really not going out and doing as much as they used to, and they're not as as popular as they once were. Uh, but now you look at it, he's got uh, I, I believe number one, number two in the Billboard Top 200 uh, of, of his albums today. You know, um, Amazon.com yeah. sold out of all of his albums. It's crazy. That's what it takes. Uh, I, I posted it on Facebook the other day, and I know you saw it and you liked it. Um, that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame rendition of uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, uh, Tom sure. Petty, yep. Lynn, Prince. And it's funny because I would watch that regularly every couple weeks when I'm on YouTube. I always watched it because his performance was so good. The whole song is great. And then he kind of comes into the light near the end and rocks out the guitar solo, and I always loved it. So when he yeah. passed away, it was the first thing I watched, the first thing I looked at. And uh, like I said, man, I, I said it on the Facebook post, appreciate the artist. Always follow these people, listen to their stuff. If you're a fan of theirs, don't let them fade away. And enjoy them while they're here, man, because one day they won't be. No, amen to that, man, amen to that. And unfortunately, uh Prince is gone, 57 years old. Um, so tonight with our top five favorite list like we do every week, we're going to do our top five favorite Prince songs. So many to choose from, man. Uh, very hard uh, for me. I don't know about you, but you kick it off, my friend. All right, we got five. Um, it was tough uh, going through all the list because uh, there's some that are just pop songs. I went with ones that meant stuff to me, said stuff to me, and... and changed the way we looked at Prince and starting at number five was the song Get Off um, kind of went away from Prince and Revolution the poppy uh, cleaner Prince went to a sexier little darker Prince with a new power generation and the music video with the two brunettes and a oh, wild video great song man very seductive sexy song and a little change of Prince's style at the time yes. that's number five Get Off uh, number four uh, Diamonds and Pearls just a beautiful song um, listen to the lyrics of it. It's such a just seems like such a romantic song. It's a song you slow dance to, and it's a beautiful number. Uh, one of the better, uh, slower stuff from Prince, Diamonds and Pearls. Number three, and I I love this song, and I play it. It's uh, "Take Me With You" from the Purple Rain soundtrack. Uh, the lyric, I say the lyric over and over. Oh, I'll just turn to my fiance sometimes and just say the lyric. I you know. I don't care where we go. I don't care what we do. I don't care, pretty baby. Just take me with you. And I say that to her, and she laughs. And that song, man, that lyric right there is so powerful. Such a great song, fun. Um, the beginning with the keyboards all over the board, and then it calms in and comes in with some great lyrics. Uh, number three, take me with you. Number two, 
One that he didn't sing, but a song that is monumental. It's nothing compares to you. Uh, I know Sinead O'Connor made it huge, uh, but it was a Prince song in the beginning, and uh, that song right there, he wrote that number. It became such a big hit. Yep. And it's just one of, one of the greatest songs of all time, if you ask anybody. And it's a Prince number. A lot of people may not have known that early on, but it's a Prince number. Nothing compares to you. Uh, number two, and number one is too easy. It, it's a given. It's Purple Rain. Uh, the movie, the soundtrack, the song, the way the song played into the movie at the end, like, mm-hmm. he found himself again. And there's, uh, Purple Rain is big because it means so much to so many. And you look at your youth, my youth, high school days, everybody watched, everybody listened, everybody knew Purple Rain. That That's number one, Purple Rain. Yeah, Purple Rain is uh, just a phenomenal movie. Uh, before I get to my list, uh couple movie theaters announcing that Purple Rain is going to be back in the theaters this weekend. Uh, I believe 80 movie theaters, yeah. Carmike and AMC, so that's pretty cool. If you've never seen Purple Rain, go see it. Uh, Prince, Apollonia, Ma- many people in it. Uh, just just a phenomenal movie. And uh, hope hope they start playing it, man. Hopefully we get a new release on Blu-ray, which would be absolutely phenomenal, man. Um, my top five. Um, and I got to tie it at four, as usual, because uh, you know me. I got to have a tie here and there. Um, but it, it was hard. Uh, number five, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. This is a song that, uh, you know, slow, uh, the melody of it, his voice. One of those songs that you can listen to, and not only are the lyrics phenomenal and it's very romantic, it's an easy song to, like, just relax to and fall out to, man. So it's a phenomenal song. Yeah. Uh, number four off the off the uh, Purple Rain soundtrack, Darlin' Nikki. Just always a song I love. Ah, I yeah. love that moment in the movie, man, when he's on stage and he's singing about, uh, you know, Apollonia and she's freaking out and, you know, everybody's just looking at her and they know what's going on. Uh, great song. Number four, 1979, man, I Want to Be Your Lover. Um, y- you can hear it in his voice, man. Prince sounds so young, man, when singing this song. And uh, probably one of the first songs I ever heard by Prince and uh, you know, just a song that always stick for uh, you know stick with me. Number two, uh, excuse me, number three, I would die for you. Um, another romantic song. Uh, you know, Prince is 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 the maestro of romance, man. And and that's how I always felt about him. Um, you know, when people said that, hey, man, if you want to get with a girl, you pop on a little Barry White or you pop on a little Luther Vandross. True, but if you want to stay with that girl, you pop on a little Prince, man. And I would die for you is one of those great songs. Uh, number two, Kiss. <laughs> what was that? You want to get her in bed, put on some Prince. <laughs> yeah. No, you know you want to keep her, man. You want you, you want to keep a girl, man, for for good, man. You put on a little Prince, man. You serenade her. Um, my number two, uh, Kiss. Just always, just always loved this song, and I know it's a very uh, popular. Um, I don't want to say commercial, but you know, one of his songs that pretty much, even if you're not a Monster Prince fan, you know about it. I just I just loved. I loved everything about this song, man. I loved the beat to it. You know, I I loved the melody. Just a phenomenal song. And number one, I know pretty much everybody goes with this song, but I just, I, I him playing a guitar, it, it's just such a powerful song, and you could play this song over and over again, and it never gets old, and that's when doves cry, man. Just a, nice. just a phenomenal song, and that's always going to be my number one. So to recap real quick, Jeff's top five is uh, number five, Get Off. Number four, Diamonds and Pearls. Number three, Take Me With You. Number two, the song he wrote, which became popular by Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You. And number one, Purple Rain, of course, from the movie and the Purple Rain soundtrack. My top five, basically six because i got to tie it four. Number five, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. 
Number four, Darling Nikki. Number four, uh, number four again, I Want to Be Your Lover. Number three, I Would Die for You. Number two, Kiss. And number one, When Doves Cry. Um, really cool stuff, as you brought up, Sinead O'Connor, um, and of course, uh, him writing songs. Um, here's some songs that you may not know. Uh, Nasty Girl by Vanity Six. Vanity Six was, uh, you know, a, a group assembled by Prince, and uh, unfortunately, just very few months ago, Jeff, we announced it on this show when it when it first broke. Uh, Vanity, you know, passed away. So, uh, you know, that's one of Prince's crew that uh, went before him, and uh, hopefully, they're uh, rocking out right now in heaven, man. Uh, Stand Back by Stevie Nicks. Um, this is a song that Stevie yeah. Nicks wrote because um, she was inspired. By listening to Little Red Corvette, another great song. If we did a top ten, it would be in there. Um, Nick's contacted Prince, tell about the song, and he showed up um, in the studio out of the blue, surprising her just to add some synthesi- uh, synthesized sound to the track, uh, which made it even better. Jungle Love by The Time. If you don't know The Time, check it out. Morris Day and The Time, Jungle Love, really cool song. I Feel For You by Shaka Khan, another song Prince wrote. And this is a this is a real one that really just shocks a lot of people. Manic Monday by the Bangles, man. Uh, phenomenal song from the '80s. We all know it. Love Bizarre by the amazing Sheila E. Uh, one of my favorite drummers. We just talked about that. Uh, Yo, Mister by Patti Labelle. Um, you know, there, and and there's more. But you know, these are uh, some of those songs that people would know right away that Prince wrote and. Uh, you know, were made popular by uh, other people. So, uh, uh, God rest the soul of Prince, man, and thank you for some amazing music. So, definitely will be missed, man. Yeah, some great, uh, great numbers. Um, just unbelievable how many songs are there. And um, another one that he composed that I, I liked as a kid, and I found out it was kind of a naughty song. I used to love Sheena Easton, and Sheena Easton's uh, Sugar yep. Wolves was a Prince song, too, and I love that song because I used to love her, and uh, then when I found that out, I'm like, yeah, it's a double whammy. It's a, it's a Prince song, which makes it good, and she was always hot. <laughs> man, just so many. We can go on forever on the stuff that he's done, and man. Yeah. I mean, you know what? He, you look at even the people he he took in, you know, under his wings and really helped out. You look at you look at a Vanity. You look at a uh, Sheila E. You look at a Sheena Easton. I mean, he really knew talent. Uh, because he was talented. Um, just a big loss, man. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, I just hope uh, whatever did happen with him, I hope he went quick because, uh, you know, he, you know, nobody wants to, you know, die by themselves. And unfortunately he did. And uh, I hope, hope he went quick. So our condolences, our prayers, our thoughts, our well wishes to uh, Prince's family. Rest in peace, uh, Prince. One more uh... One more discovery, one of my favorites, uh, Carmen Electra. Yes, uh, we know you love Carmen Electra, uh, man. I sure do. Her birthday just passed, too. I'm a big fan. Big fan, right? Big fan. I'm trying to no think, what, what was that big song she had in the 90s, Carmen Electra? I remember the video so vividly, but I cannot remember uh, the name of the song, man. It's going to... It's gonna... It, was, um... It was something like Carmen Electra's gonna rock you. I remember being the lyric, something like that. Yeah, it was the name. Yeah, it was something, something in there, and she was incredible in that video. Oh my god! And I, I can't. I think it's something like that. Carmen Electra's gonna rock you, or just it was. It awesome. wasn't like Go Go Dancer or something, right? Wasn't there like a, a song called Go Go Dancer by her too? I think that might uh, be. It. I'm trying to think of it right now. 
Whatever. We're going to find it, and we're going to talk about it on uh, Thursday's show, because uh, that was actually a pretty cool song in the 90s. Really good thing. Um, before we move on, we also have to send uh, prayers, condolences, and thoughts out to uh, the blues rock guitar great Lonnie Mac passed away uh, today, uh, yesterday at 74 years old. And also, we have to talk about Joni Lawler, a.k.a. China, uh, WWE professional wrestler. Uh, really, she... She set a bar that hasn't been touched yet, Jeff. Um, it's a damn shame what happened to her. Um, we, we we can get into that and talk so much about that, um, how basically her life was uh, ruined after she left WWE, well, after she was pushed out of WWE. Um, but it's unfortunate the way her life ended up. Um, she was always a, a very sweet, sweet person from what I heard from people that knew her. Um, we, I never, unfor- unfortunately, I never got the chance to meet her. I, I wanted to meet her at Chola Theater, and I just couldn't make it there that weekend. Um, we tried to get her on the show here on the stoop. We reached out to her management. Unfortunately, we didn't get a response back, and that was just a few weeks ago. So you have to wonder uh, if she wasn't ready uh, to do much of, uh, you know, interviews because, you know, from what I read today, uh, reports just came out not long ago that they were filming a documentary about her. And uh, when she wasn't invited to the WWE Hall of Fame, um, she was really depressed about that, was drinking a lot. And uh, also uh, during the documentary, she was trying to reconnect with her family, which supposedly didn't want nothing to do with her. Um, so it's it's just a shame the way she went out after entertaining us so many times, um, you know, over the years. So, uh, you know, rest in peace to China. It's a, it's, it's a damn shame. And uh Pretty much a bar in wrestling that I don't think will ever be touched by a woman, man. No, probably not. Um, she's very influential. And uh, when we talked a few weeks back about what it takes to get into the WWE Hall of Fame, to think that she was snubbed, um, for whatever reason it might have been, wherever she was, uh, definitely belonged there. And this is going to be one of those yeah. unfortunate things. And after her passing, you know WWE is going to go out of their way to put her in probably next class. And that's ridiculous. Please. And it's a shame. Of course, she won't be there. And, um, you know, that's a terrible well, shame. They did the same thing with Macho Man. So, exactly. But I'm sure it's not going to be the first time, man, and it's not going to be the last time, unfortunately. I just wish they would have did the right thing, get her in. You really don't have to have anything to do with somebody to put them in the Hall of Fame. You let them come in for the one or two nights for WrestleMania or whatever, and then that's it. You know, they're in. They deserve to be in. Uh, you know, they put their bodies on the line for your company. So, and, uh, damn from shame. her standpoint, from her standpoint, when you look, unlike the men, she went through a great deal of plastic surgery to become a sex symbol for this company. Um, sure. You can tell the transformation was unbelievable. She turned out to be a, a pretty attractive woman through a lot of uh, through some work. And uh, again, it meant nothing to him. All right, you're done. You're out of here. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. And yep. uh, it, it's Absolutely. terrible. And, and listen, little tidbit that I found out. Before she was with Triple H, supposedly, and Hulk Hogan put this out on Twitter, that don't know how true it is because I know Hulk and, 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 and Brutus got beef, but she was dating Brutus the Barber Beefcake for a little bit. No, so she's been around. Yeah, interesting uh, yeah. tidbit there. Terrible. All right, man, let's uh, get into a little sports talk here real quick. In about, uh, I would say in about seven to eight minutes, we'll be joined by Sagan Avery of Caveat to talk about their music, and then we're going to play... Uh, opiate before she joins us. So real quick, we'll jump into the NHL playoffs uh, real quick. Uh, Dallas overwhelmed in six games. The San Jose Sharks defeated the Los Angeles Kings in five games. Islanders over the Panthers in six games. Lightning over the Wings in five games. Caps over your Flyers in six games, Jeff. And the Pens over my Rangers in five games. 
Any shockers for you so far? Um, I was su- kind of surprised how quickly the Kings got bounced. A uh, little surprised, a little surprised at the Panthers, but they showed them. They just showed that the common cool of one coach to the other. The Islanders played it cool. Panthers got all riled up over this, and and they just made bad plays, bad penalties, got on the bad side of the refs, and they were doomed from the get go. Most of it is pretty much as I as I said. I thought the Ducks were going to have problems with the Preds, and they kind of have. I knew that Dallas would have a little bit of a tough time, and they did. Uh, right now, man, I hate to say it, the, the the best team right now looks to be those Pittsburgh Penguins. They look tough right now. Yeah, they really do look tough, man. Got to give a lot of credit to the Penguins over my Rangers. Rangers were just not in it. Looks like a rebuild mode is coming. Uh, huge props to the Islanders, man. Uh, their captain, uh, you know, Tavares, uh, you know, took them on their back to uh, take care of the Panthers. I really thought the Panthers were going to put up a better fight than that. Uh, but they didn't. Uh, also, Kings drop in in five games to the San Jose Sharks. Um, I picked the Sharks to win it in, uh, I'm trying to think in how many, I believe in seven. You picked LA in seven. So we thought this was going to be one of the top-notch series. And unfortunately, it wasn't. But the Blues and the Blackhawks tied up at three games apiece, man, game seven. That's the uh, series to watch right now. Um, it's going to be huge. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, It's It's... It's been a good playoff so far, but also a very interesting playoff in the NHL. All right, let's jump into the NBA playoffs real quick, a little NBA news. San Jose Spurs, uh, San Jose Spurs, San Antonio Spurs, bleh, with a 4 nothing sweep over the Memphis Grizzlies. Real shocked about that. Thought the Grizzlies would at least win a game or two. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder, three games to one over the Mavericks. Los Angeles Clippers, two games to one over the Portland Trailblazers. Golden State Warriors, even without Steph Curry, who got hurt really bad in the last game, looks like he's out for two weeks, up three games yeah. to one over the Houston Rockets. Over on the Eastern Seaboard, Cleveland Cavaliers swept the Detroit Pistons four games to nothing. Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics. My Boston Celtics, man, I want to see them go far in this uh, in this playoffs. Two games tied up a piece. Really good game the last game. I got to watch a little bit of it. Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder. Phenomenal stuff, man. Miami Heat, two games to one over the Charlotte Hornets and the Toronto Raptors and Indiana Pacers tied up two games apiece, man. Has anything in the NBA playoffs so far shocked you? Big shock. I, I kind of thought San Antonio would win in three games. But the fourth game, they were just totally washed <laughs> it out, but they played for uh, San Antonio looks tough. The injury to Steph Curry kind of favors San Antonio at the moment. If he can't go on, that, that's big news for San Antonio. The East has been exactly where I expected. I, I told you Indiana would make it tough, and they have. I said Atlanta would make it tough, and they have. There's some good series right now. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the teams are expected to blow right through it. Cleveland, that was expected. Um, Oklahoma City, now, pretty much expected. So, we're not yeah, on target. If you look at that Cleveland-Detroit series, Cleveland didn't win by much, man, in those games. There was a couple of games where they really took over, but, man, Detroit, throughout some of those games, was giving them a, a really, really tough time. So, you have to think – with either the Hawks or the Celtics, how much damage could be done, and then they're either going to face Toronto, Indiana, Miami, or Charlotte. A lot of damage could be done in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals there as well, going up possibly the San Antonio Spurs or the Golden State Warriors if uh, they beat, let's say, the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to, you know, go, you know, advance against Portland. I don't think Portland is that great enough to advance over the Clippers right now. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the NBA. Playoffs, man. Um, real tough break, though, for uh, Steph Curry, man. Tough one. 
All right, man. Uh, in just a little bit, we're going to be joined by Sagan Avery of Caveat. So let's listen to a single real quick uh, from Caveat, and then uh, if she's, uh, if she's not here, we'll t- we'll talk a little more, and then uh, we'll wait for her. So right now, this is Opia by Caveat. Great song, and that's Caveat Opia. Phenomenal song. So joining us right oh. now, what was that, Jeff? Solid stuff. Great music. I love it. 
Absolutely. It's very inviting, man. And we're going to talk to uh, Sagan Amory right now from Caveat. What's going on, Sagan? Hello. How are you? We're hey. doing great. How are you doing tonight? I'm excellent. Awesome, awesome stuff. Well, we just listened to uh, one of your latest singles titled Opia. What's the song about? <sighs> what isn't it about? That's the you question. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was subjective, really, right? Isn't that how music works? Pretty much. Isn't it up to the listener to decide? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what was it for you when you when so you guys wrote this song and performed it? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Okay, Sagan, but what's it really about? <laughs> um <laughs> It's actually it's about a relationship. That's a, that's a shocker, right? Yeah, right. Big surprise. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, it's, it's about a rela- It doesn't be about being stuck in a relationship with someone that you know you just don't want to be with them, and that you're stuck with them for whatever reason, and yeah. trying to find reasons to stay or leave, and you know it's like a battle. Hmm. How is the um, how's the how's the reaction reaction been so far since you guys released this uh, single? It's been excellent. I'm really I was surprised by it actually, um, because the original EP that we had, we hadn't released it. We we released a few singles and then pulled them and used them for some live shows. But then we we pulled the EP and we hadn't had a huge library out there. And mm-hmm. so uh, upon releasing Opia, there had only been two songs released prior to that. One that we pulled and we left the other one up, which is Bloodline. And um, I didn't really know because it was a little softer because the one song that we had out was pretty heavy where I was doing a lot of screaming. And so this was a, a real softer uh, version and, you know, of the music I've been releasing. So I didn't really know. And it was, the reaction was pretty awesome actually. Very nice. Very nice. Well, the following for your band has just been constantly growing uh, on an everyday basis. Um, every, you know, mm-hmm. since we announced that you were going to be joining us, we, we've gotten so many messages on Twitter and on Facebook uh, from a lot of your fans and, it really seems to be that you guys um, are, are are pretty much the next big thing in metal. How does that feel to Thank know you. that you guys have, have arrived um, and that people are pretty much taking notice all over the place? Um, it's an interesting feeling because, like, the numerous times I've been told, you know, the next big thing in metal and all stuff like that, it kind of, yes. I guess I don't really absorb it, you know. I don't know. I'm just, just going along with it. I don't really mm-hmm. know how I feel. Um, I worked really hard. I mean, that's, so I, I, it's nice to see the fruits of my labor, you know. It's, it's nice. Um, I don't know how it feels. It's just interesting. It's been yeah. a really cool experience. Does it does it feel basically surreal still? or? Yeah, I, well, I guess, you know, I don't know if it will ever. I, the thing about success, which, you know, I guess you don't notice it when it's, when, when you're not being successful and so you sit and dream about things like that and you think, well, yeah. this is how I'm going to feel when it happens and it's going to go on. And it doesn't necessarily unfold the way you think it's going to. And um, it's it's just a living experience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And it's have, alive and experiencing it. So. <laughs> yeah. Have you been noticed? Like, is, is, is it, like, really hitting you now? Like, if you're out and about, you know, walking around somewhere and people say, oh, you know, oh, my God, that's, you know, that's Sagan Amory. Has, has that happened? Um, or... It's happened before um, in the last year. It's happened a few times. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind. It's nice when people come to talk to me, and I'm happy to do the you know whole like selfie thing and talk and everything. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I think the most surreal is when you're sitting, you know, in a meeting with 
you know, an A&R representative of a major label. You're sitting with, like, these people that, you know, you thought your whole life, I can't wait to meet someone like that and have them listen to my music. And, you know, they've already done that. And being able to sit and have a meeting with people like that, I think that's the most surreal feeling. Not so much the fans noticing, but mm-hmm. having the executives sit with you and take time out of their day to talk to you about things. Very nice, very nice. Well, what's the latest news with the band? Uh, are, are you guys working on any new albums? Uh, you know, what's what's basically going on? Um, the band is undergoing a an extreme makeover. Okay. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you're aware, there, the band members have kind of come and gone over the last year and a half. Um, okay. It, we've had a hard time with that. I think it's just because of the location, being in Hollywood, you get a lot of people that come out here that want to be in music and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're like the best people for the job. And so you just kind of filter through people trying to find the people at work and that's the hardest part. Um, so there were some original members of caveat that are no longer in the project. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of changes. So with that is coming, like I said, an extreme makeover fans. I've talked to some of the fans about a little bit about it, um, there's going to be some huge changes occurring that uh, that you know some might be a little surprising and mm-hmm. totally exciting though. Good stuff. Yeah. Are we going to stay with yeah. the same sounds? Are you guys going to be experiencing, you know, experimenting with some different sounds, or, or or is this, you know, you know what we heard from um, is going to be the everyday caveat sound? It's the sound is is similar in that it's not going to be an extreme change with the sound. Um, you know, Caveat's always kind of had this conglomeration of, like, metal and hard rock, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think just continuing to play with those sounds is something that people will see and hear, um, you know, and getting a little experimental perhaps um, along the way, but nothing, like, deviating from you know, where where we're at with mm-hmm. the current music. Um but they can't give you out all the details. <laughs> yeah. No, no so, I get it. I get and we're it. still working on yeah, we're still in the studio working on stuff and um so awesome. Well we wish you uh the best of luck there and uh, we can't wait to hear uh some new sounds and some new songs uh from you guys. Um so let's go a little bit more towards just you now. Uh we'd like to ask uh, you know, guess some, you know, not like, you know, super personal questions, but, you know, we want to know more about them. The listeners want to know about them. So growing up and listening to music, which I'm sure you did because it seems everybody does, uh, when you first started getting that itch to be a singer, you know, to be a musician, get into rock, um, who were some of your favorite influences, favorite artists, bands, pretty much that helped us give, you know, give us you today. So Okay. Um I guess it's hard to say. Um, it was all across the board. Um, my, you know, my parents listened to music when I was a kid, so I was exposed to whatever they were listening to, which was all kinds of like um, everything. But a lot of they listened to a lot of classic rock, which really isn't my influences. But I must say that, like, um, vocally, I would say that I really identified with in terms of what I would mimic would be like uh, the Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks stuff. My mom listened to that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I went and for me musically, like I kind of went the route of uh punk rock when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. 
And I was in a few punk bands that never made it. And um, I learned how to play guitar at a young age. And so um, I listened to a lot of, like, you know, punk um, and hardcore. Um, but my favorite bands were Typo Negative and for Metal, yeah, it's Slayer. I liked, um, yeah. I listened to Danzig. He's still my favorite. <laughs> Danzig's great. Um, and the Misfits, yeah, I love him. So, um, it, it, the influence varies. It's really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there, it was a mix of metal and punk and hardcore and hard rock. Very nice, very nice. Now, uh, you know, we were just talking a little bit earlier about Prince. Prince fan at all growing mm-hmm. up, or? No, but I mean. I I like some of his music. Yeah. Um I I can appreciate him as an artist. Um I appreciate him just as a brilliant mind. He was, you know, um, yeah. Absolutely. Of those people that were very different. So, um not a not a huge fan of the music per se, but yeah. as a person or a fellow artist, absolutely like I I'm sure I could have sat in a room with him and we could have had a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. Um, now I have to ask you this: the ink on you is is just absolutely killer. We love talking about tats mm-hmm. here. Um, your chest piece it just really stands out. I got to ask you, what is it? What's the meaning behind your chest piece? Because it's just it's just awesome. Okay, well, a lot of my tattoos are horror movie related, so um, I'm a big horror movie fan. Awesome. Like, yeah, like big time. Um, so. One day, uh, sitting with the tattoo artist, we were talking about tattoos and everything, and I made a joke about, well, you're not going to see any butterflies or rainbow tattoos on me, you know, because all my stuff is pretty, like, harsh, you know? <laughs> and so the next thing you know, we were talking about that, and then we we decided, wow, how fucking cool would it be to put a death's head hawk moth from Silence of the Lambs on my chest? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that would be badass, right? Because those hawks, you know, the death head hawk moths, those moths that they were shoving, that, that Buffalo Bill was shoving down the throats of the, the people he murdered, the girls. Yes. Before yes. he'd skin them, right? But the actual, like, lifelike moth was a little bit overdone in terms of tattoo. It's not a smaller side, but a lot of people had them. And so I don't want to do anything that's super cliche. So I was like, well, what if we just did something custom for me? So he drew um, something for me with a little guidance in terms of, I was like, you know, make it metal. <laughs> so he threw some, like, upside-down crosses in there, and the skull is actually reminiscent of the Tarman from uh, Return of the Living Dead. So nice. it's kind of like, yeah, we did, it was like, a, so it's an homage to, like, you know, horror movies, but basically Science of the Lambs, uh, Return of the Living Dead, some just metal imagery in there, and, um, yeah, that's how, that's where... That's what we ended up with. So I was like, let's put it on my chest and make it really massive. So it's like the biggest chest piece in history. <laughs> nice. Nice. No, it's, it's, you know, it's killer. Shoulder to it's shoulder, killer. throat to sternum. Yeah, it went all the way everywhere. Yeah, it's absolutely killer. Now, since you brought up horror movies, because I, I love horror movies. I'm friends with some people in the horror industry. i got to ask you, what are some of your favorite horror movies? Because if you name some of the ones I love, you, you're just going to go up a notch on, on, on my list here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there's a lot, but my absolutely ultimate favorite would be the Hellraiser movies. Um, oh, I have oh, a, a sleeve. Yeah, yeah I have a stunted yeah. bike sleeve on my left arm um, that I'm still working on. Um, so I love Hellraiser. I love Pinhead and stunted bikes and all that stuff. Um, I'm a huge fan of the like movies like Rosemary's Baby. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
see. I, I like everything. I've got I've got films that like no one's ever heard of, all the way to stuff that's cliche. It kind of goes across the board with me. Um, yeah. You know, that's great. Zombies, yeah, flesh eating mothers. Oh. That's that, just some of the best stuff, though. I mean, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Once, once you said Return of the Living Dead, that's one of those movies that I can just watch constantly, and it's just, it's just always great. It's just you can never yeah. get sick of. It movie never gets that. old, and you always no. see new stuff in that movie too. Like I've been watching that movie forever, but yet every time I watch it, something new stands out, and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't even realize that. You know, if you look around and you know you've seen it so many times, and you start look at the background, and you're like, that sign says something really funny that I've never noticed before. You know, or the character mm-hmm. does something. Movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you brought up Hellraiser. Um, don't know if it's going to happen. We reached out to him, but Doug Bradley could possibly be a future guest here on the show. Um, was trying to get him. That would on be here. amazing. So I love be him. on the lookout for that because yeah, that's one of those I guys where him. you just see Doug Bradley and you get it's we're not worthy. So uh, you know. It, well, I know, <laughs> really, truly, and and it's sad that they're trying to remake those films without him. And it's travesty, and I would boycott that in a heartbeat. Like. I just don't think it's a good idea. I think it's stupid to put. Well, you know, I you just know, I just need the remakes in total. You know, there's there's yeah, some movies that you alone. just can't make, and Hellraiser is one of those movies. I, I I hated that they constantly kept rebooting and remaking the Halloweens. Yeah. The original one, nothing can beat it. But that can yeah. go for a lot of movies they're remaking now. So. But I mean, there's just something about you know, there's something about a film that was done in the past where the production value wasn't very good, that makes it gold. You know, we don't need the CGI and the newer, I don't need, you know, the, you know, 2016 version of something. It's, it's, they're cult classics. It's, there's a reason because the production value was really cheesy. And, you know, I mean like Phantasm, that's one of my, on my top Uh five. The Phantasm one and two. That's my favorite. I got to make room for Phantasm tattoos somewhere. (laughs) Oh, that but is awesome. Films are like beautiful too, films. Oh man. What was that? Uh, Phantasm Ravager. You heard about it? I'm I'm pretty sure you've heard about it. Are you excited yeah. about it? No. No, you're not? No. no. Well, it should be no. good. I hope I hope it's gonna be good. Unfortunately <laughs> Angus Grimm died and you know, hopefully they can do a good job with that. But I love that you love horror movies. I love that you have you know, tributes all over you to the horror genre. You definitely have to make room for some phantasm on it. Yeah, definitely some phantasm. And it's funny, like, if I don't, have you guys been to Hollywood? No. If you Not go to the actor. Hollywood, if, well, if you go come out here, you can come to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which is a really cool place to hang out because it's the only place in the city that has, like, wildlife and a pond. It's really pretty. But um, there's, um, there's a, uh, what do you call it, a, um, mausoleum okay oh wow and it's really creepy and if you look at it all you, you could just see like the tall man like you could just envision him walking down the hallway <laughs> <laughs> pretty that's awesome. awesome that's awesome so now let's let's jump back into it. i know you said that there's going to be um you know a little bit of uh you know a mix-up going on in the band so once that's set um you know what's what's what are we going to see next from caveat is is it going to be you know is the next step a new album after you get a new band together or i already well the band is we have a band and we're in the studio um and um right now it's strategizing the live show um and all that so there's like a whole lot going on it's actually like overwhelming 
you know, the planning and getting everything together. Um, and uh, so really it's the, the changes I think will be something that people will be talking about more than anything because it's, it's a, like I said, it's like an extreme makeover. It's like, you know, flipping a house, <laughs> yeah. going in and we're just like, you know, because it had to be done, um, you know, when caveat, when we start caveat with a studio project in the beginning, I it never had, I never had any intention of doing anything with it other than just trying out some studio stuff, you know, releasing some songs. We weren't really sure what was going to happen. Some of the other band members had other stuff going on. Um, and at that time, that's when it was, when, you know, the, um, when everything was going on with, with Bile and wasn't sure if Bile was going to go on tour and, you know, so mm-hmm. we didn't know what was going to happen. And then the first song that was released just went over so well, people were like, when are you going to tour? So we started going in the direction of, oh, maybe we should actually play these songs live, you know? Yeah, that would be cool. That would be real cool. <laughs> Try Well, we did. Um, we tried it out. We did a short West Coast tour last year, but, um, you know, then we started having issues with the band members and all that mm-hmm. stuff started to happen. So, um, that's really what's been holding this whole thing up is really just other people. Yeah. If I had yeah. it my way, it would have all been done by now, but it's just me having <laughs> to rely, you know, rely on other people. Yeah. And yeah. You know, that saying, if you want to get things done, you do it yourself. But um, finally now moving, you know, in the right direction and moving much faster than before. Yeah. Well, hopefully with the uh, new band in place, um, we'll get even more music and uh, we'll get to see you guys yeah. uh, live sometime soon. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, you can uh, follow caveat at caveatofficial.com and also on yeah. Twitter at caveatofficial. We'll put you guys up on our Facebook and our Twitter page a little later tonight. Um, Sagan, seriously, and they can thanks follow for me by. at Sagan Amory. Um, all, this, all the tags are Sagan Amory. Awesome, um, awesome. And they can, they can hashtag me at Hal Sagan and if they do that, there's a chance they'll be retweeted. Very nice, very nice. Well, listen, to the horror metal queen of uh, caveat we thank you so much for coming on we're going to play you. another single from you and uh hopefully when you guys are just monstrous and uh you're touring worldwide to packed out stadiums of uh 60 70 you'll remember us and you'll come back absolutely you got it awesome thank you for joining us sagan thank you and that was sagan amory of caveat so we're going to play another single real quick from caveat and this one is called bloodline enjoy it
And that was Bloodline by Caveat, lead singer of Caveat. Sagan Amory just joined us. And awesome check, man. Love that she loves horror movies, man. So great to know that there's girls out there that love horror movies. Keep it coming. Yeah, man. man she, she's got it. She's got the, uh, the screaming in the middle and the tattoos and the horror. Very cool. Very cool check. She's uh, yeah, very Hollywood. we got to get out to yes. Hollywood. Absolutely, man. All right, man. Well, uh, Thursday night, we're going to be back on the air here. Um, don't know if it's going to be a constant Thursday night anymore. Um, unfortunately, i got some uh, personal and work things going on, but we're going to try to come back um, almost every Thursday night, especially if we can get a really good guest. And coming up this week, this Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, um, his name is Daniel O'Connor. You might know him as Danny Boy. Founding member of the hip-hop group House of Pain is going to be joining us, but not for the reason you think he would be joining us. Are we going to talk to him about House of Pain? Maybe for a second. Are we going to talk to him about La Coca Nostra? Maybe a little bit. But what we're really going to talk to him about is that he's an urban explorer, and he's a part of the Delta Bravo urban exploration team that are working tirelessly to try to save the Curtis Brothers house from the movie The Outsiders in Tulsa, Oklahoma – and he's in, he's the head of that, man. He's the one leading that charge to save this iconic house in Tulsa, Oklahoma from a movie that I absolutely love about one of my most favorite books by S.E. Hinton. And Danny Boy from House of Pain is going to be with us Thursday night to talk about that. They have a GoFundMe uh, right now. They're trying to uh, raise some money. The house is just in shambles, Jeff, and they're trying to make it into basically a Curtis Brothers and an Outsiders Museum, which I absolutely would be just thrilled to go to and see. Um, you can check it out on Facebook.com slash The Outsiders House. We're going to post it up on our Facebook and Twitter right after the show so you can check it out. And uh, if you're a fan of The Outsiders, the book or the movie, you're a fan of Danny Boy, House of Pain, La Coca Nostra, um, seriously, you know, donate a couple of bucks and uh, help Danny save The Outsiders House. In Oklahoma, man. Um, really looking forward to that one, Jeff. It's going to be a good show, man. Yeah, it should be really good. Uh, we're a fan of the music, obviously, but uh, yeah, dying to hear about this Outsiders project and keep the house alive. I love stuff like that. People that really give, get involved to save uh, things that you know are legendary or nostalgic. That would be outstanding. It's You know what? It, it's so cool because, listen, man, um, you know, I'm from New York City. We've had that um, you know, discussion many, many times. Um, sure. And then I move here. And around this area where I live now, it seems they don't care about the history. They're just letting historic buildings fall down. They're knocking them down to build big box stores. And stuff like that hurts me, man, because there's nothing better than the history of your township. There's nothing better than the history of your state. Um, and it's, it's, it's a shame when they just let things like that Fall to pieces, man. So I love that we have, um, you know, people like Danny doing this kind of stuff. Um, and the Delta Bravo Urban Exploration Team, which he uh, pretty much, uh, I believe, is the founder of and runs, you know, they go around looking for historic, uh, you know, homes for movies and television shows and, you know, historic sites. And, and they try to just, you know, not only uh, chronicle it, they try to save it if it's in shambles, which is what they're doing with the uh, Curtis Brothers house from the Outsiders movie, um, you know, where C. Thomas Howell. Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowlift. So um, 
it's going to be great to talk to him. And uh, hopefully from our listeners uh, who didn't know about it, they're learning about it now. And we can get some traction going over to the GoFundMe page um, to help save the Outsiders House. So that will be this Thursday night, um, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, um, which is April 28th. So we're looking forward to having Danny Boyd from House of Pain here to talk about that, man. It's going to be a fun one, man. Very cool. Absolutely. Always is. Always a fun one here on the show. Absolutely, man. Especially when we have some kick-ass guests, man. And uh, listen, man, I I, I love House of Pain, man. I got the House of Pain flag. Uh, All the albums, uh, you know, they've been one of my favorite hip-hop groups, man, for so many years since they came out. So in order to... uh, you know, just to write Danny and him respond the right way. I said, yeah, you know, let, you know, let's do it. Um, and uh, to be able to get to talk to him, awesome privilege. But at the same time, to talk to him about one of my favorite movies and one of my about one of my favorite books, even better, man. So uh, it's 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 going to be a real cool show uh, this Thursday night, 7:30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so we'll link to that on our Facebook and Twitter page as well, so everybody can uh, you know keep in tune on that. Um, listen, man, great show tonight. We want to thank Sagan Amory for joining us, um, you know, from Caveat. Good music. We can't wait to, you know, see and hear what comes out of the new band of, of Caveat. Unfortunately, they lost some of their band members. So, um, yeah, thanks to Sagan uh, for joining us all the way from Cali. So, uh, last week, London. This week, Cali, man. We're all over the place. Taking over the world. Um, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> Well, apparently uh, Tulsa is next. <laughs> Tulsa, Tulsa is next. Well, uh, Danny's uh, from uh, Cali as well, but who knows, man? He might be calling in from Tulsa, man. It'd be great to uh, great to uh, tackle Oklahoma in as well. So, uh, good show tonight, Jeff. Man, don't you just miss Mondays, man? After Monday is done. Yeah, I do I miss? Uh, you know, you, the weekend comes. You're so in for the weekend. Weekend passes. You're like, that's right. Monday's here to stoop, and then it ends. You're like. Oh, but <laughs> uh, uh, this is uh, my pre-birthday show. Wednesday is uh, my big birthday. So, uh, again, I, I hate to beat the dead horse, but uh, friends, family, colleagues, anybody of uh, Mia Khalifa, my birthday's coming up. I don't know, man. Stop she's on. not answering you on Twitter. She's not answering you here. She's not answering you on Facebook. I don't think that's going to happen, my friend. Got to give her time. She's a busy woman. <laughs> well, listen, man. For your 52nd birthday, we'll sing happy birthday to you Thursday night. 52nd? Wow. <laughs> uh, 30 years away. 30 years away? Yeah. Minus what? <laughs> Don't start doing that. <laughs> Trying to Do imagine it, it would fade and go away. But, uh... I'm excited. Another another great year in the life. Um, it's brought me to this, which I love. Love the bands. I uh, love doing the show with you. And uh, it's getting a chance to talk to people about things and celebrating arts of all forms. Uh, sports, movies, music, TV, you name it. It's great. And I got this microphone right in my face. Beer in my hand as always. Uh, the studio's rocking. It's just a great thing. And I, I thank everybody that tunes in. I thank you. I, I thank the world. Thank you very much. You got it, man. You got it. And before we get up the air, happy early birthday to you on Wednesday. Um, from here and from all of us at the Stoop, our listeners, send you uh, a wonderful happy birthday as well. And uh, Thursday, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you 
at a year older, man. Are you excited about it, that man? Another year or what? I'm always excited about it. Um, the song I play every year, and this sounds silly, I play this to myself every year. I play King for a Day uh, by Green Day. Because on your birthday, you're king for a day. Everybody blows up your Facebook. People call. The pat on the back. Who wants to buy you lunch? You're king for a day, man. I don't care if it's my 99th birthday, my 40-something birthday. You're king for a day, man. And I love it every year. It's great. Absolutely. You know what? I, I got to say, I really like getting birthday wishes on Facebook. I, I, I think it's okay. absolutely phenomenal. I think Facebook is one of, uh, you know, it's, it sucks in one way, but it's great in so many others. It keeps you connected with people uh, you went to school with, uh, family members you don't see often. And I love when my birthday comes, you know, because I just like my birthday. I love celebrating with my wife, my kid, and, and my family. But at the same time, I like to get – I always like to see who sends me a birthday greeting on Facebook because it's always either the same people constantly, but every once in a while there's a little smattering of people that have never done it before. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I love it. I get a kick out of it. Uh, so. that's, a, uh, that's a subliminal message to anybody listening out there. <laughs> a subliminal <laughs> message. <laughs> All right. All right, man. So we'll be back uh, Thursday night, man. So you better get your uh, – your dancing shoes on. It's funny. I mean, uh, they're actually right here on my feet as we speak. They're always on. My dancing shoes are always on. My singing voice is always cocked and loaded in case it's needed. Um, <laughs> my stupid humor. I said before, man, anything, whatever it takes to uh, push us in the right direction. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm doing it. Awesome stuff, man. All right. So once again, thanks to Sagan Amory from Caveat for joining us tonight. And Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be joined by Danny Boy, from the hip-hop group House of Pain. You know it. Jump around. I know it for so many other songs. Um, looking forward My to it, shoes will definitely be on. My dancing shoes will definitely be on because I am going to do it. I'm going to jump up, jump up, and get down. I'm going to do it right there here. You go, you're going to jump, jump up. and jump. You're going to jump up to get down, but we're going to do it for donations for the GoFundMe page to save the Outsiders house from the Outsiders movie in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's what we're going to do here. We're going we're gonna to have a little oh. dance marathon Thursday night, man. We're going to raise some money for the Outsiders house. But, uh, yeah, so join us Thursday night as we'll be joined by, once again, Danny Boy from House of Pain. And for Jeff Perini, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We'll see you all Thursday. Good night, people.